Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Rooted Podcast. Um, we call this Rooted because we believe that if we are ingrained in Scripture, if we're rooted in Scripture, if we're rooted in the Holy Spirit, if we're rooted in Christ and, and following God's will, um, then we can be uh, the people we're supposed to be on this earth by following by following Jesus, by being an example for Christ on this earth. Um, and most importantly, we can um, follow Christ and, and, and produce those fruits of the Spirit in and out of season um, if we are rooted in, in Scripture. And we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and we're kind of going on this theme of talking about the church um, in, in a bunch of different avenues. And today we're going to continue that theme. And uh, over the past couple weeks of, of church, um, I'm, I'm the lead minister at Elevate Christian Church in Lexington, Kentucky. We've kind of been talking about the church, like what, what was it designed to be, um, what was, how, did it, how was it started, and uh, we've called this the ecclesia. And just a little background, uh, ecclesia, the, the term or, or the word is just translated as a gathering. And we've kind of walked through that, what does that mean, and you know, how did we get a regular term, and now that the church has adopted that term, and it's in when you read commentaries and you read what people say about it, it's kind of just like you ta- have a tagline on it. So it's the ecclesia of God. So the gathering of God's people is kind of what we see in Scripture. So you could use you know the the gathering or the ecclesia in in any type of form back then. So they would talk about political gatherings. They would talk about uh, gatherings with friends, just to talk about stuff going on in in the town, they would call for an ecclesia if something was going bad and they wanted, it's just, it was an all encompassing term. And the church kind of took that upon itself so that people understood that it was a gathering, but instead of it being a gathering for self or to accomplish something that you wanted, it was this gathering of God's people. And it, it, it was completely different. It was, it was completely different. And today I want to talk about that church. I want to talk about the church. Like, and my question for for today is this, is the church still relevant? Like, is there a place in Kentucky where, where, where I pastor a church? Is there, is there a place in Kentucky for something like the ecclesia of God's people? Is there a place we can expand? Is there a place in the United States uh, for uh, a place called the ecclesia of God's people, a gathering of God's people? Is it still relevant? Should we still do it to this day? Is there another avenue uh, at which we should have church? You can, you can put that in quotes. It, should it be online strictly now? Should it just be these online Bible studies? Should it be an ongoing podcast? Should we should we just write books? Should we just do it through through text? Um, or is this gathering, physical gathering of people, really really important? And if so, what are we supposed to do? Like, what is it supposed to look like? Is the church that you go to on Sundays or Saturdays or Saturday nights or Thursdays or Wednesdays or whatever day your church meets, is that the way that it's supposed to be? Does, is it supposed to look like that? Is it supposed to feel like that? What, is, what are we supposed to accomplish? So we, we kind of gather this information about the church, and I've, I feel like I've read this scripture a hundred times um, in the past like two weeks, but this is 
I'm just going to read this for you. This is going to be the only scripture um, that I'm going to read. Maybe if I think of another scripture, I'll, I'll, I'll try to potentially butcher it. But this is, this is um, in Acts 2, uh, 42 through uh, 47. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled in awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone that was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. So this is a very, very important scripture in our church, uh, just as the evangelical Christian church um, that I'm a part of. Like this, this is kind of the core of like when we see church, it's like, okay, what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to accomplish? We look at the these breaking down points on what is on what is important. Um, but if you read this scripture, it seems that it probably was a little bit more organic, but also had this organization aspect to it, where our churches today have a very very structured uh, portion to it, and there's there's intention behind some of the things that we do. And if we look at the church today, we're going to break down these things and we look at what, what this scripture says. I kind of want to see, are we doing these things? Maybe where, where's a weak point of, of, of us in the church? Um, can we do something better? Um, is there something that we're doing today that, that maybe is, is good, but maybe it's just a waste of time or isn't having the impact of, of of what it was supposed to be um so this these are the things like is is the church relevant today the first thing they talk about is breaking uh bread together um breaking bread and and, and prayer together um i mean if you if you look at that the breaking of bread um you can connect that to the communion which we're going to talk about in a little bit more um but i think it's just the commonality of 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 eating together of of sharing a table together, sharing experiences together, um, somebody inviting somebody into somebody's home and providing a meal and eating together. Um, it's kind of a, a gesture of, I, I value you, I'm inviting you into my home and we're going to share a meal together. We're going to eat the exact same thing. There's no, there's no one that's better. We're eating the exact same thing. It's the breaking of bread. It's the, it's the common ground. Um, some churches call it the common meal. Um, the second thing they talk about is prayer. Is prayer something that's valued? Um, like how much did they pray? Did they just pray before meals? Did they, they pray about everything? Was prayer something that was, that, that was completely ingrained in their, in their mind? Um, this, this next one is really interesting. It says, together they had everything in common. That they had absolutely everything in common. Now, in my one of my sermons, I, I I got up and I talked about how this was a goal for for all of us. Like we want to see and experience somebody who has everything in common with us. And the only re, the only way to have commonality with somebody else, to have something in common with somebody else, is to experience something. Like you have to go and physically do something and experience something, and that is how you find common ground. Um, when I played sports, like whenever I met somebody else that played football or baseball or any of the other sports that I, 
that I had played over the years, like that was the common sharing that we had. And we started on that and then we could build our relationship off that. I mean, you could go down the line of, of different colleges you went to. I, I've, I've met people who are in the same fraternity at different years, like maybe 10, 20 years, but that was the common ground that they had, the experience that they had that was similar. It could be food, restaurants, movies, I mean, books, whatever it is, like you have to move in that direction and experience something and physically do something to enter into another group of people to find common or, and this is something that's completely different in the church than, than what we experience when we find friends in common ground is they first had a renewed mind and heart in Christ. Like it wasn't something that they had to physically do, but it was something that God did to them to have a renewed mind and heart towards Christ. When we have common sharing, it's normally like us first and what we do, and then we can enter into another group of people. This is God first and through God, it enters into another large group of people. Like ourself, it has nothing to do with this group and, and this having everything in common. Like it's not about what we've done, what we believe, what we feel, what we experience. It's just all about Jesus. It's all about Christ. It's all about the grace of Christ. And that's the everything in common. That they never got to the point of self because if they got to the point of self, it would just be about what I want and, and my priorities and what I feel. But they never got to that point. It was just Christ and everybody else. And because of Christ, they had everything in common with everybody else because they put on the value system. They put on the knowledge. They put on the responsibility. They put on the caste system of, of Christ which is value others above yourself. That is the caste system. Um, valuing orphans and widows, taking care of those people, um, the least of these. Like all of these things that, that all of a sudden they're your values because they're Christ's values, you have everything in common. Like it really, it, it fully in, it, it ingrains and encompasses your entire life that when you fully buy into it, and, and your values becomes Christ's values, uh, you have everything in common with the people that you, that you, see, that you sit and meet together with. So let, let's continue. They, they said that they met together in the temple courts and in each other's homes. So it kind of seems like they, they valued seeing other Christians in, in, the, in the normal day of going to the temple, like that was a place that, that was a gathering place. It was a place where they would have ecclesia uh, of, of all types. And they valued removing themselves from, you know, the, the world stuff, the ecclesias of the world. And they valued having this gathering of God's people because that is where they felt connected. That is where they were filled. That is where uh, they find they found the joy. That is where they experienced the fruit of the spirit of other people. You know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Um, that's where you experience that stuff. And it said also they would meet together in each other's homes. Now we we talked about this earlier, um, but this is this is interesting because uh, 
you know, Jesus was kind of um, thrown away. I don't want to say crucified. That, that's not the reason he was crucified. He was uh, outcast and looked down upon because of going into people's homes. Like it doesn't say that they went, he, they, they only went into the Jewish people's homes or they only went into the carpenter's homes or they only went like it was each other's homes. It was, Hey, I value Christ. You value Christ. It doesn't matter what, what job or what, what hierarchy or how much money you have or how much land you have or where you live or what subdivision you're in um, or how long it took. Like it was each other's homes. Like, Jesus, oh, you're, you're a Christ follower? Oh, you have a home? Okay, let me invite you to my home. And that was the, that was the priority of that. There wasn't, oh, they're different. Yeah, we have, Jesus and, we have Jesus in common, but, you know, they live over there. You know, they don't have as much money as me. They don't live in a, in a nice place. Oh, their, their neighborhood kind of makes me uh, uneasy. Um, and no, it was like, you have a home. I value you. You're Christ. I, I'm going to be there if you invite me into your home. And that was so important to one another. Uh, the last thing that we see, um, actually, I missed one. Uh, in between, they had where they would sell their possessions uh, and they would give to anybody who was in need. Um, so that if they saw a somebody in need, they had something that wasn't of complete value to themselves Instead of just hoarding it, they're like, well, we'll just get rid of it and we'll, and we'll, we'll prioritize that. Um, we see that in the church today. I think the church actually does a pretty good job at this, that they will, they will take what is theirs and they will give it to those who are in need. Um, experience, experience that in my past church that I worked at, I experienced the church I work at now. Like it is, it is very, very valued of somebody's in need, somebody needs clothes, somebody needs food. There's a foster kid that comes in that doesn't have any clothes. There's a, uh, or an orphanage that needs money. Um, it was absolutely, we, we don't think about it. We're just going to give and we're going to take care of the other people in Christ. Um, we also saw people that weren't of, of Christ. We have orphans and widows that did not know Jesus, did not know the love of Christ. But because we're supposed to take care of those people, we, it doesn't say whether they're Christian or not, we're supposed to take care of those people. We would value them and do our best to um, take care of them in their place. And that's really important. I think the church does a good job uh, with that, and especially my, in my context. Um, we had two situations this year, in the past year, with Kentucky on Western and Eastern Kentucky having natural disasters, and our church... Uh, gave and, and tried to make an impact in that. Um, we had people from our church go down and try to make an impact physically, not only just financially to that. And, uh, and we also had support an orphanage. Um, we support uh, mission people. We support people who want to go on mission trips. Like there, there's a need. We, we, we tried to support that to the best of our ability. And the last thing was praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Um, this is just another example of we have God and we have other people. It wasn't praising yourself second. We praise God and we enjoy the company of other people. And there's this, this caste system that we see that's so important. That is so important. God, other people. Everything 
that they did, if you look at all of these aspects that we just talked about and spent 10 minutes talking about, all of those connect them together. Every single one of them. It is a connection of the point of gathering to people to make them, they're connected through their minds, they're connected through their hearts, they're connected financially, they're connected by entering into their homes in a proximity, they're connected by eating the same meal. It's not, you know, you're poor, you eat this meal, I'm rich, I eat this meal. No, we eat the same meal, which is really important, putting everybody on the same level. And it's all through Christ. Like they, we wouldn't do this if we didn't have, if we didn't have Christ. Like that is a very, very important, very, very important thing. Like because of Christ dying on the cross, we do these things and we have everything in common with these people because of Christ, because of Christ. Something that we do every single week at church some churches do it monthly, some people do it quarterly, some people do it once a year. Um, but I, I love this, and this is why we do it every week. Uh, we take something called communion, um, where Jesus said that we should take the bread and take the wine, and every time we eat this together, that we should remember Jesus Christ. Um, so what we do is we pass bread, we pass juice, and we take it together, you take it as an individual, you take it together, um, to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, if you combine that with the Acts 2, 42 through 47, this is one of the things that connects you not only to the people that sit to your left and to your right or in the same room as you in the church, but it connects you to the people in the past the generations of Christians before, the generations of God-fearing people in the past, and it connects you to a lineage of people that are to come, the generations to come. That it is, it is, it is the blood of Jesus that is the connection point of all the people, the one thing. Like when it's said that we had a renewed mind and heart in Christ, the blood of Jesus is what connects us. And we take the communion to not only to be to remember and renew our minds, re renew our hearts every single week. Remember, the death, burial, and resurrection needs to be the most important thing. But we can also look to our people to our left and right and say, okay, we have common, we have common sharing in the Spirit. That connects us. And everything that I talked about five minutes ago for 10 minutes and, and how it puts us on an even, loving, uh, even playing field. We enter into each other's homes. Like that is the ecclesia of God's people. That is the ecclesia of God's people. Something I learned in college, and I, I think it was through a study of, of a, of a uh, very smart um, German person named Karl Barth, who wrote a, com a couple commentaries. Um, during World War II, and he talked about the connection. He he loved talking about the connection to the other, which was which was God, which was Christ, um, and also the connection of the people. But it was something that came from outside of this world into our world where we live that connects us in a way that doesn't make any sense. And he he had a bunch of different things. So like um, the 
the repentance and the baptism, which which connects us um, and connects. Well, it connects us to Christ, it connects us to each other. Um, but he spent a long time talking about communion and how it connects us with not only Christ, but it also connects us with each other and it connects us for generations because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. The craziest thing in how I'm going to end this is the church's caste system goes Christ, number one. It goes others, second. And then it goes yourself, third. But what we forget is that the others part Number two has a really long list of people. Like others isn't one person. Others is your people that you meet with on a weekly basis, or should be, the people you invite into your homes, the other churches involved. And you could even add non-Christians to that, valuing others above yourself. And then it is yourself. And it's crazy how long it takes to get to yourself if you follow Christ, if you follow the ecclesia of God's people, and if you follow the things in Acts 2, 42 through 47, how long it takes to get to yourself. So here's my, my I, if we're going to do a challenge, if we're going to think about something throughout the week until we gather next Wednesday, is look at the gathering of your people. Does it follow the ecclesia of God that we read about in Acts 2? Does it follow the caste system of Christ, others, and then yourself? Do you feel like you have everything in common with other people? And the, the tough part about it is you can only control what you do. You can only control yourself. You can't control other people. So you can be completely bought in. You can be completely renewed in your heart and mind, and somebody else can't. And that's where taking advantage can happen. And that's where everything terrible happens in the church, where church trauma, church hurt, people um, steal money from the church. It's not an encompassing of Christians. It's just individual people that took advantage of a current situation. But for you and your group of people, what does it look like? Does it look like the ecclesia of God? Or does it look like, you know, you put Christ first. I, I'll admit, like, I think every church puts Christ first. I really do. But the others in yourself sometimes flip. Is it yourself than others? Or is it others than yourself? Do you, do you filter through your, what you like before you experience others? So you won't go to some people's homes because of where they live, what they, what they look like, um, how much money they have, or what food they have, or, you know, you go down the list. And then you make the decision to go to meet with them? Or because they have value in Christ, do you go and you meet with them? And you can apply that to all sorts of aspects of life. I want you to, to think about that. I want you to, to mull over that for the next week of how and if... If the church is relevant, how can we go about it that is pleasing to God and connects us with others in a godly way? 
I'm going to pray for our week. I'm going to pray for the people listening to this, um, that they, that they take this and it makes an impact in where they are. Um, it makes an impact in their community. We're doing our best to try to make an impact in, in South Lexington at Elevate Christian Church. And I hope whatever church you go to, your church is trying to make an impact as well. And I hope it starts with you. You make a decision. It goes on trying to create this, this holistic ecclesia of God that's living and breathing, and it's connected, connects us all to Christ. I, I, I pray that is happening to the best of our ability. So let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for, I believe it's the last day of, of the season here in Kentucky um, as we move into the next season. And um, I, I pray that we enjoy um, your creation during this day and tomorrow as we move into the new season. But God, I pray that our hearts are renewed, our minds are renewed, and we follow this you first, your son first, um, others second, and then ourselves, that we value breaking bread together, eating together, that we value prayer, not only to you and praising you, but also praying for uh, each other, that together, because of all of this and because of Christ, we have everything in common, that we never even get to self stuff because it's you are so much, you are so all-encompassing that we just feel like we have everything in common with everybody because of your son, Jesus Christ that we meet together in and out of each other's homes, and we just are so joyful because of it, not only praising you, but finding joy in our brothers and sisters in Christ. God, I want to pray for these churches. I want to pray for the church in Kentucky. I want to pray for the church in America and in the church in the whole world that we just value you. We value Christ, and we value connecting to each other through your Son. God, you are so good. Ask this on your son's name. Amen. You guys have a great week, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We will gather together next week and continue studying about the church. Hope you have a great